What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. Trigger warning. The following episode contains descriptions of graphic violence, sexual assault, and adult language. Viewer discretion is advised. I'm Danielle. I'm Max. And each Wednesday, we crack open a bottle of wine and dive in to some thrills, chills, and spills. This is Innocent Till Tipsy. So this past month, I hope, has had the Predators in Hollywood shaking in their boots. Have you heard Demi Lovato's uh, new song, 29? No. Oh, yeah. So I don't know if you remember, but back in the day, Demi Lovato dated Wilmer Val- Valderrama. Yeah. I can't pronounce. Yeah. And he's like got a history of this, yeah. right? Yeah. So this is some of the lyrics from that song. As we're recording this right now, the full song hasn't dropped. But by the time we release this episode, the entire thing will have. Um, but it says, pedal on a vine, too young to drink wine. Just five years of bleeders, student and a teacher. Far from innocent, what the fuck's consent? Numbers told you not to, but that didn't stop you. I'm finally 29. Funny, just like you were at the time. I thought it was a teenage dream, just a fantasy, but it was yours or was it mine? 1729. So. Eek, I have chills. I know. Creeps me out. Just creeps me out. Eek. I know. So. What even gives me more of the heebie-jeebies is there are BuzzFeed news articles right now entitled Demi Lovato's song seemingly slams age gap with ex Wilmer Valderrama. Age gap. Mm, yeah, Statutory age gap. rape. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> like that's age. Yeah. I also love how inside that article, it says that their relationship didn't begin until Demi was 18. Does it say like allegedly? <laughs> oh, like that's the thing. They were like they met when she was seventeen, but their relationship didn't really start when they were eighteen. You, we know this is a pattern uh, yeah. with Hollywood of them being like, oh no, they Excusing just started it. dating. Yeah, would they just hold yeah. hands? Like no. Yeah, no. And this, as I said, it seems to be a pattern with Wilmer. Mandy Moore was only sixteen when she started dating him. Now he was eighteen at the time, so they only have like a two-year age gap. Mm-hmm. Um, but he then went on to Howard Stern and proudly claimed that he had taken her virginity. Mandy Moore would later make a statement saying that he lied about that. Also, in this interview, he went on to talk about all the hymens he's pierced. Ugh. Yeah, this is a disgusting guy. Gross. Yes. And how like, I mean, discussing that he's talking about it as in like a victory and like, yeah. Yeah. And he compared it to not really being like an, a warm apple pie, but it's still really good. Like, it's just, it's so horrific the way he talked about. It's disrespectful women. even to women that are consenting and mm-hmm. it's rape when they're underage. So neither yeah. are good. Come on. Yeah. What are you bragging I- about? He also went on to rate all of his exes on a scale of one to 10. 
Now, after Mandy Moore, Wilmer went on to date a very young Lindsay Lohan, who, according to the press, was at least legal. 18 and 24 was their age difference. However, there are huge rumors that they started dating, of course, when she was underage, right? Right. Two of them eventually lived together. He then went on to date Demi Lovato. She was just 17, and as the song said, he was 29. Lest we forget, I don't know what the fuck was up with the, that 70s show co-stars. Like, you remember Danny right. Masterson, who was arrested and charged with forcibly raping at least three women on three separate occasions between 2001 nope. and 2003? Yeah. So that's a lot. And then I wanted to show you this. So their other co-star, Ashton Kutcher, mm-hmm. him and his ex-wife, Demi Moore, um, different Demi than Demi Lovato, yeah. Yeah. were extremely vocal about sex trafficking. I don't know if you remember that point in time in their life when they were married. Yeah, I remember them as a couple. Yep. Yeah, yeah. So they were extremely vocal about this. They even founded an anti-human trafficking organization. It was then known as THORN, which is dedicated to ending the sexual exploitation of children. That all sounds great. But there's a 1982 video of Demi, then 19 at the time, full-on making out with her General Hospital co-star, Philip Tanzini, at his 15th birthday party. This video... I'm not joking. Yeah. Let me show you it. I'm gonna show. I'm gonna send you over the the clip. We're gonna link it down below. We're not gonna be able to show it here. Um, I'll try to post it over on my Instagram. Um, you guys know my handle, Delalio D. That's bizarre. Yeah, well, I've done a lot of like videos on child exploitation on TikTok, and mm-hmm. all of a lot of followers were like, "Did you ever see Demi Moore's like this weird video between her and her co-star?" Like. Mm. yikes there's yeah. a child that's yeah. a child mm-hmm. at the time Demi was actually married to her first husband Freddie Moore who was 12 years her senior and they had married at the ripe age of 18 oh my Marywood. Like, this is all over the board yes so if you're done with the video <laughs> I'm done. I couldn't watch okay. it I couldn't watch it anymore I, I saw it it's and I'm more- like ah, turn it off turn it off that like yeah yikes yeah uh, yeah it's bad so now i could literally go on on like all of this forever um so i'm gonna try to like condense this down um but i did read jeanette mccurdy of iCarly fame her recently published book i'm glad my mom's dead it's very controversially titled um i think though most of us who've had an abusive parent can definitely understand the dark humor that she says is included in this uh demi or excuse me jeanette goes on to talk about just how horrific her mother was to her all growing up as a child star but at this point in time this book has flown off the shelves as i was writing this script it's currently in reprint i actually had to buy the audiobook um oh. yeah it's wildly triggering. So just a heads up if you guys are interested. This whole episode is going to be wildly triggering um, for child exploitation, sexual abuse. Um, but yeah. Publicly. I haven't re- heard this or read this. What? Mm-mm. Everybody's talking about. But everybody's TikTok for you page is like so different, right? But like everybody yeah. on my like TikTok for you page is like, oh my God, have you seen Jeanette McCurdy's new book? Yeah. Do you see the cover? It's hey, pretty yeah, iconic. Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. You should read it. It was a really good read. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Mm-hmm. 
Did you, you, I feel like both of us were out of the iCarly, um, age group. Cause it was my too little old. brother. Yeah. I was yeah. too old too. I was more of a, uh, Lizzie McGuire. That was my, um, yeah. And I'm probably still too old. <laughs> really? <laughs> no, You're I like, did okay, watch yeah, that. Um, I no, I watched, I'm trying to think like, what cause I know we've talked about other show, other like Nick and Disney shows. Like I trying to think what I even watched. Mm -hmm. I don't know. So I'm like hand, I'm like, no, here, sorry. Go ahead. No, no, sorry. no, go ahead. Gotcha. No, <laughs> mm -hmm. doesn't add any value. Totally random. So. <laughs> oh gosh. So publicly this memoir has awoken widespread speculation into Dan Schneider. Do you know who I'm talking about when I talk about Dan? No, now I feel like I'm living under a rock. Like I've never oh seen any of these clips. I've never watched any of these shows. I've never like, yeah. Well, this is no explain it. No. So Dan Schneider was the producer and creator of all the live action Nickelodeon shows back in the day. He literally ran that like childhood empire, you know, right? Okay, cool. About, like, so we got probably I not Carly. cool, but yeah, no, it's not cool. <laughs> I Carly, all that, the Amanda show. Um, those are just a few off Drake and Josh, all of them. Uh -huh. okay. Um, yes. So he, and this happened like literally until 2018, he ran this network basically like built it was built off of him. Yeah. So in 2018, the network finally let him go reportedly at a $7 million price tag. Sheesh. That's insane. Yeah. Allegedly because of an investigation into Schneider due to the verbal abuse of his staff, reportedly the, and the investigation didn't find any sexual abuse of his staff, but they There's let him go with seven million just because he yells at people. I doubt it. Apparently. That sounds sketchy to me. Yeah. In a 2021 New York Times article, Dan wouldn't comment on the investigation, only to say he has left the network of his own accord, denying that he left on any bad terms, describing his departure as a natural turn of events after he delivered as many as 50 episodes of a sh of shows per year. He just simply needed a break. Uh, I, that's I like glossing over something, but. Mm -hmm. And I think it's interesting too, because, um, recently there was just in the past couple of years, there was a, a Nickelodeon documentary, um, released on Hulu called the orange years. And it never once mentions the name of Dan Schneider, which so he's is like whitewashed out of history. Yeah. Out of Nickelodeon history. Weird? Yeah. That is interesting. Yeah. So in this article, this 2021 article, he now says that he's lost like a bunch of weight and he plans on returning to the industry this time, not working in children in children's networking, which is probably for the betterment of most children, because beyond the wild accusations that Jeanette McCurdy made against him, there are others that have come out. A lot of them anonymous. There's a lot of rumors around, um, Dan Schneider. So we will be, I'll be prefacing like what's rumor and what is substantiated claims in yeah. this. Um, but Dan has also worked closely during his time at Nickelodeon with at least three known child predators. So Whoa. Nickelodeon employed at least yeah. three known. Yes. Like so known around children. No. Yeah, like have been arrested, have spent time in jail for their crimes. So in her memoir, Jeanette wisely never mentions Dan by name. She mm -hmm. off she he's only known as like the creator, and we don't like know it's him, but it's him. But we know it's, him. <laughs> it's definitely him. Um, Jeanette also accused the creator of being emotionally abusive and manipulative, screaming at his actors on set. You guys would work at yogurt land. If you didn't work for me, 
allegedly Poor the kids. oh it's horrible. they're like kids yeah allegedly the creator offered some of his spiked coffee to Jeanette and pressured her to drink it even after she declined so she felt like she had to take a sip Jeez. she said it was I know Ew. he would I know he'd pit child stars against each other, according to Jeanette as well. And like the shows they created, like being like, you're my favorite now. Like, you know, that, like that weird and like yeah. taking her out to dinner and being like, you know, I want to make a show around you. Like, we'll see how your career goes in the next couple of years. Yeah. Like that kind of manipulating that creepy groundwork. Yep. Yeah. Mm hmm. Yeah. He would also keep a less than desirable distance away from his underage staff. So I want to show you a photo of Dan and like some of these just to give you an idea of what he looks like since you don't um, kind of know who he is. Yeah. Um, kind of the way he was, he was just way too comfortable around these child stars. Oh, no one wants a hug like that. So I'll show you Jeanette real quick. Oh, I, I just like cringe seeing like, I don't, what's her name? iCarly name miranda. yeah miranda miranda crossgrove yeah, there you go she's like oh it's just that like don't hug me hug mm -hmm. cringe why is he like choke holding and cuddling like he's you i know it's extremely like all the way around mm -hmm. it's extremely unsettling and like Jeanette would say that he would come up and massage like underage, like the workers and everything. And I mean, Jeanette, he's like calls him the girl's creator, leg, but... holding mm -hmm. like, yeah, just, yeah. It's like what's allowed in public, but definitely not acceptable. Like this is yuck. Especially when you think of the power he had over these children's lives too. Yeah. Like he's employing them. He's creating their future. He's creating shows around them. Like he literally gave Jeanette a spinoff from iCarly. And mm -hmm. yeah. So according to Jeanette's memoir, Nickelodeon offered her $300,000 of hush money to not speak on her experience when working for the network. And she declined. But before we dive more into Jeanette's claims and a bit of the history of the industry concerning child abuse, because all I could think of was Judy Garland in reading her mm -hmm. memoir. Let's talk about the wine that we have today. So what do you have, Max? Yeah, today we have another wine from Naked Wines. I'm so excited for this one because it's a Merlot. So I have Cannonball 11. Mm -hmm. And um, normally this is around $30, but through um, Naked Wines, I believe, yeah, it's $20. Um, hey. So again, like if you are an angel through Naked Wines, you get your their angel price. Um, it's been aged in French oak. And I'm excited because it's, again, those dark berries, plum, raspberry. So I'm going to pour myself a glass. What do you have? I have also from Naked Wines, um, Camille Benita. I'm totally butchering this name and I'm so, so sorry. Um, but yes, I thought it was a good fit because it says um, it's kind of the spiritual snobbery that makes people think that they can be happy without the access to the luxury wine. So I don't know. It just like the luxury wines pit with the deal pit with how child stars are being taken advantage. Of. I don't know. It just seems like it fit the episode. Mm -hmm. um, but of course it's a red and it's a cap salve. So I definitely need to get my steak this morning at 1151 <laughs> 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 ready to go. <laughs> I took my aerator home bummed because oh. I didn't need it last week. And then I was like, wait a minute. Normally we do. <laughs> Oh, yeah, you're doing red again. Do you have more like I don't know, like white? I have and... one more rose. Really? Hmm. Yeah. Well, I better drink it before it gets cold here. It was like cold and rainy. So oh no. 
Never a bad time for a red wine, though. Cheers. No. Let's do this. Cheers. Oh, I actually really like that. <laughs> it, it, it hit me strong at first. I was like, what? <laughs> it's just startling it's so early. <laughs> yeah, right? Um, mine's pretty good. Mine's pretty good. Mine's like really cold, so I should probably let it warm up. I went a little, little overboard with the chilling, but I do like this. It's funny. Mine feels it's not like as it's bold pretty- as a cab though. No. Yeah. This is a pretty bold cab. Um, it's funny in it. It's like high in alcohol content too, for wine, like 14.5. That's pretty, um, well, I know. That is. Not cute. Oh, mine's 14, six. And they were not joking around with us. They weren't. They were like they these girls. <laughs> <laughs> the bad boys here. They send us. That's great. Oh gosh. This is funny though. On mine, it says on a scale of one to 10, this cannonball deserves an 11. Mm-hmm. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm-mm-mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. So I think a lot of people, especially those that were interviewing Jeanette in the past couple of weeks, have really thought that this entire memoir was basically an expose on her time at Nickelodeon, especially considering she turned down that hush money. We're hearing a lot of things um, come up about Dan again, but it was so much more um, almost an expose written about how it is to be a child star with the entire weight of your family's finances on your back uh, from a very, very, very young age Um, and what it's like to grow up with basically a stage mother who just is living vicariously like her dreams through you. Um, Jeanette's mom, Deborah would be the worst of the worst kind of stage moms. If you were to ask me about it, like it was, it was horrific. She talked about her mother forcing her to go to auditions when she had a 103 degree temperature, I know guilting her into continuing her music tour, even though she didn't want to, because her mom had just been diagnosed again with cancer. So she would have rather stayed home with her mom, but her mom was like, no, you have to go. You have to, you know, do this for your career. Um, she would give her daughter energy drinks at the age of like seven before auditions because it just made her more funny. Oh, wow. Like she's like literally pushing her kid over the edge. That's insane. Yeah. And when Jeanette started developing and asked her mom about it, her mom started talking about calorie restriction and how she can stay small forever if she just starts to restrict her diet. And they would do things like the way Jeanette talked about food in her memoir was wild like her mom and her splitting a piece of pineapple because there's too much sugar in one piece of pine like it's so oh bad gosh. yeah that's and- so damaging that's mm-hmm. so damaging oh yeah gosh. and it led her into eating disorders that she's carried yeah. with her into adulthoods like it's so 
It's so wild. You would and not have a healthy relationship with food at all. You wouldn't even have a chance or an understanding to like – No. Yeah. You would just be destined for an eating disorder. Yeah. And like Jeanette said in um, her book, like there were two things that really stuck out to me. So she starts her book by saying her mom's in a coma and she's like, oh, people always like when people are in a coma, why do they think they're going to come to with like this like big, you know, you, you whisper something to the person you think they're going to come to. So she's like, she's watching her siblings go through and like, you know, tell their mother what they're proud of, like their marriages and, and things like that. And then she's like, but I have the best thing of all. And mama, I got to our goal weight. Like, that's what she thought. Yeah. Yeah. Her mom would come back from. And then Jeanette also said her mother sexually abused her. Um, I know by checking her for cancer every time she showered and she showered her until she was the age of like 17. And, what? Oh, it's bad. And oh, like, God. it was so, she starts off, her chapters are so well put together. Cause she started off that chapter by talking about how her grandpa works for Disneyland and she loves to go to Disneyland and, and how, um, when her mom would bring her into the shower, she'd usually just tune out and go somewhere she loved, like going, thinking about going to her father or her grandfather with Disney to Disneyland. And then at the end of the chapter, she says, well, it's off to fantasy land. That really mm. killed me. Yeah. It was really rough. It's a rough read. So yeah, uh, these allegations that Jeanette spoke on in her memoir about her early like childhood, it eerily mirrored child star Judy Garland in like a weird way, especially her relationship with her mother. So mm. I don't know. Do you know much about Judy Garland? And everything? I know really strange facts about Judy Garland. <laughs> I don't know that I know what you're going to tell me though. Oh, okay. Okay. So I actually did um, a TikTok a little while back. So some of um, some people that follow me might recognize a little bit of this, but TikTok shut down my um, sound on the series because oh. it was, um, I put, this was the only, the one and only series I put music behind and it did really well. But then I guess the music was recalled or whatever, like the licensing wasn't available as copyright. Yeah. So that was totally taken back. So if you've missed that, here we go. So Shoot. yeah. Um, Judy Garland was born Francis Ethel Gum on, in June of 1922 after a failed abortion. Her father had actually called a family friend who studied medicine, asking them for help to perform this abortion. Since abortion was illegal at the time, this failed abortion would have been a back alley abortion. But I know as early as two, her mother would thrust Judy into the spotlight when Judy would perform, she said this about her mom. Her mom would sort of stand in the wings when I was a little girl. And if I didn't feel good, if I was sick to my tummy, she'd say, you get out there and sing or I'll wrap you around the bedpost and break you off short. So I got out and sang. Yeah. So like Jeanette's mom, Judy's mother would give her daughter the kickstart she needed to perform, giving her uppers to perform and downers or barbiturates to go to sleep. This began her daughter's addiction to drugs. Yeah. These uppers were also known as speed and they were meant to help Judy with her weight as well, which is something her mother not only fretted about, but so did MGM. MGM started to restrict her diet. And at one point it's believed that she lived on like a broth and some kind of vegetable. I can't remember what, but like, that's all she had because she yeah. was gaining too much weight. She's Mm hmm. Um, it was rumored that people around the studio called her the fat little pig with pigtails. And she's they, tiny. She was tiny. teeny, teeny, tiny. Mm hmm. And by the time that she was 15, like she was on that restricted diet like that early that and it's 
that's such an important age range because you're not only developing mentally, but your body is developing your body. Oh God, needs your body needs things. that nutrients. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Bones, your body like, Oh yeah. So, so damaging. So one of the M's in MGM is Louis B. Mayer. So Louis B. Mayer was known in the industry for forcing compliance from his female co-stars by threatening. I don't know why I'm saying co-stars. He wasn't a co-star. He was like the M in MGM. His female stars. I can't talk today. It's fine. But he would threaten their livelihood. So Judy said in her unfinished autobiography, which was just 68 pages, it was found after her death. Um, But she said that he had molested her, that he would pull her up on his lap and make her sing and put his hand on her left breast while she sang, telling her her music came from the heart. So Judy said in her memoir, I often thought I was lucky that I didn't sing with another part of my anatomy. But according to Judy, um, she one day put a stop to it saying, Mr. Mayor, don't you ever, ever do that again. I just won't stand for it. Now, when I talked about Judy on my TikTok, a lot of commenters made allegations that Judy had been raped by studio executives as well. I'm not doubting that that happened. I just couldn't find any proof other than this of what happened to Judy. I would imagine that it was a very toxic environment for her. Um, But because like even after she turned 18, which is like the socially deemed acceptable adult age for whatever reason, um, she the studio didn't drop control of her life. So she married David Rose, who at the time was 31 years old. She was 18 at the time they got engaged, 19 at the time they got married. Mm -hmm. David was already married when he proposed to. I know. I know. So, yeah, so she was just like handed off like from as a child to other grown men mm-hmm. basically yeah so soon after their wedding um judy became pregnant which she was all she ever wanted she was over the moon she wanted that baby she was so excited but mgm and her mother did not want that baby the studio was afraid that no one would want to see her anymore if she didn't look like the child that she had always been in the eyes of the public so at this point, too, she's coming off the Wizard of Oz. So she's at like the top fame, yeah. right? That she's ever been at. And so what she wanted was inconsequential to anyone. So according to Judy, one day her mother picked her up. When she asked her mom where they were going, she said, Well, you'll see. Then about an hour later, they pull up to this clinic where Judy's mother mm-hmm. told her that the pregnancy wasn't studio approved. Run. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's so horrible. Like, no, she has no power. Yeah. They took her her inside. No. And she had an abortion. And um, like I always like to mention here that like she did end up having children. She did end up having a little bit of the life she wanted. Not at all. Like she ended up dying broke. But I mean, she had the wonderful Liza Minnelli. Um, But yeah, crazy. Um, On being a living legend, Judy once said, do you know how difficult it is to be Judy Garland and for me to live with me? I've had to do it. And what more unkind life can you think of than the one that I have lived? I'm told I'm a legend. Fine. But I don't know what that means. I certainly didn't ask to be a legend and I was totally unprepared for it. Yeah. Very sad. That's so sad. So because you just remember her like or most people, I would say, just remember her for her shining moment in Wizard Wizard of Oz. Oz. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I mean, I didn't even touch on in this right now, like the horrible working conditions of the Wizard of Oz. Wizard of Oz was a death trap to be on set with. The snow was asbestos. Um, There's rumors someone committed suicide on the set. That's just a rumor. Um, But 
or like you can see him hanging in the back of the trees. It's not really that. Um, but there was a lot. Apparently, this is another allegation. But accordingly, the um, munchkins were also molesting Judy um, on set. So there was a lot going on there. Yeah. Yeah. But another child star, Shirley Temple, also wrote about the constant sexual advances by grown men um, as a child star. In her 1988 memoir, Child Star, Shirley Temple, talked about how one of the MGM producers with a particularly adventurous casting couch, she didn't name him, which I thought was interesting, allegedly exposed his penis to her when she was only 12. So... Yeah, she said that she didn't know what to do, so she laughed, though, and he kicked her out of the office. <laughs> I guess that's the best outcome. <laughs> that's the best the outcome out of that. <laughs> I also <laughs> thought, I didn't find it funny, like, this is obviously horrific, but she was quick with the comebacks because another Hollywood producer made advancements against her, and he said, look, I'm a big executive, we've got to get along, Um what I had in mind was just a workplace formality. And she responded, it may be in your contract, but not mine. (laughs) (laughs) Get it, girl. Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, God. But the fact that children have to, like, deal with this. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So another star, just like Judy Garland, child star Natalie Wood's mother had longed for fame and would stop at nothing for seeing her own dreams fulfilled, not Natalie's, hers. She would even, to get Natalie to cry for a certain scene, she had ripped off the wings of a butterfly in front of her daughter, a live butterfly. I know. I know. Um, She also lied to her daughter about a stunt bridge not collapsing for a scene in order to get her daughter to walk across this. This is wildly abusive because this is, at this point in time, Natalie was terrified of dark water. I don't know if you've heard about this. Mm -mm. Um, her mother took her to a psychic or a psychic, excuse me, when she was young. And the psychic told her that Natalie is going to die in dark water one day. Oh, which is interesting because Natalie did die on the cat off the Catalina Lake islands. It's horrific. So she's Natalie at this point is terrified. Like she doesn't want to get yeah. in water. And that's another reason that Natalie's entire death doesn't make any sense because Robert Wagner says she got in the dinghy and tried to go back to like, doesn't make any sense, but it doesn't matter. Right. So <laughs> um, Natalie didn't want to cross the bridge because there was rushing water under the bridge at the set of this movie that she's working on. Right. And her mom's like, no, 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 it's not going to collapse. You're going to be fine. Just walk across it. She walks across it. The stunt bridge does what the stunt bridge is supposed to do. It collapses. Natalie falls into the water. Only thing is, is there's like no safety on the set. So Natalie did almost die that day of drowning. Yeah. Yeah. That's awful. Crazy. For decades, too, it was also rumored that Natalie had been raped at just 15 years old. I don't know if you've heard about this. No. This Mm -mm. is like heavily rumored. So um, and it was like all through online threads. So her mother allegedly brought her over to the famous Chateau Marmont for an audition with a big wig actor no 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 auditions in hotel rooms no Mm -hmm. um so this rape was reportedly so violent that it sent natalie to the hospital yeah this actor told her if she told anyone it would be the last thing she did as an actress in hollywood her mother while driving her to the hospital also encouraged her daughter not to tell anyone about this because she didn't want her chances in the industry ruined so that actor actor has been heavily rumored in these online threads to be Kirk Douglas for decades, decades. Yeesh. So, yeah. 
Natalie's sister, Lana Wood, finally broke her silence on this in her memoir, Little, Little Sister. Lana had been eight at the time that her sister was raped, and she was actually in the backseat of the car waiting for Natalie to come down from that audition. She saw a very upset Natalie get into the car and her mother and her whispering back and forth so that Lana wouldn't hear. Natalie didn't confide, confide into Lana what had really happened to her until they were both adults. But mm-hmm. yes, that she says it was Kirk Douglas. And um, yeah, horrific. Absolutely yeah. horrific. Yeah, it's awful. And, so that's the thing too, like with this and with Nickelodeon, like a lot of people have said concerning, we're going to get into Ariana Grande and Dan Schneider and all of that. A lot of people have said, well, like Ariana was um, photographed with him recently and everything else. Well, Natalie Wood was photographed with Kirk Douglas like later in life, but reportedly she was extremely terrified of him and would like freeze up according to her sister whenever she had to see him. So like, Mm -hmm. it's just something that you have to deal with, unfortunately, like, I don't know. Seeing your predator. Yeah. yeah. Especially yeah. if it's not a known fact or you're, yeah, you haven't come out about your trauma. Yeah. 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 So lest we forget Brooke Shields, you probably are familiar with this one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm. And her own mother. So just five days after Brooke was born, Terry Shields, her mother, announced that she wanted to give her do- get her daughter into show business saying she's the most beautiful daughter and I'm going to help her with her career. You imagine like five, five days. That's what you're thinking about. That's insane. And she stopped at Stage nothing. Mom. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, this one. I don't know how this wasn't creating, buying, selling, distributing child porn. I don't get it because a 10 year old Brooke Shields was featured in a publication for Playboy called Sugar and Spice. You don't know about this? No, I, I like I told you, I think I live under a rock. That's okay. Oh, my God. So Sugar and Spices was supposed to be a more toned down version of Playboy. Um, But it did promise surprising and sensuous images of women. No, there's children. That's what the hell? Not a woman. Yeah. So this included two nude photos of 10-year-old Brooke Shields in heavy makeup and nothing else. What? I can't believe that that was... I can believe because the internet exists now, like, and the horrific things that are put on the internet, but like, I can't believe that like that actually went through multiple people's hands and they're like, yeah, this is fine. Yeah, this works. Yeah. Let's publish this. What the hell? What I hate is the photographer has gone on to be like, oh, well, it was supposed to be controversial. No, fuck you. Like, honestly, like quite honestly, like, no, no. that's a child. Let's not take underage photos of children. Like, how about, how about that? Like, I, I don't understand. Anyways. Um, Reportedly, she was only paid $450 for this. By 12 years old, Brooke started in a movie called Pretty Baby. This was a 1978 film where she portrayed a ba- a child prostitute. So, yeah. So this movie caused significant controversy over nude scenes of Brooke. She was just 12 years old. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It received a rated R um, rating in the U.S. and an X rating in the United Kingdom, a gossip columnist at the time called the film child pornography. Yeah, it's like a, it's like an excuse to produce child pornography. Like, hey, how about you just play a child prostitute? Yeah. At 14, Brooks starred in another controversial film called The Blue Lagoon. And this was two teens had been shipwrecked on this island. Um, They didn't know anything about sexuality or anything. The entire movie, they are spent naked exploring, like, growing up with each other. Like, it's the most. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Yeah. 
just a few months after the Blue Lagoon was released at just age 15, she appeared in Calvin Klein ads. The Calvin Klein label, like what her catchphrase was, you know what gets between me and my Calvins? Nothing. Now, citing concerns about the that the commercial verged on child pornography, both CBS and ABC refused to air it. Okay, I was like, you're just eating your cereal and you see this come on. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, and her mom had no issues with any of this. So, of course not. Wild. Mm-hmm. Ew. Okay, picture this: it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. And if we want to talk about more horrible parents, there's the Barrymores. Oh. Yeah. So it could be said that Drew Barrymore had a leg up in the industry when she was born because her family is the, like, famous Barrymores. They have a lot of substance abuse issues, but have been in the industry since like forever. Her first acting role that she landed was a dog food commercial um, at the age of 11 months. So, wow. By the time that she was cast in E.T., her mother Jade was her primary caregiver. Her father was a very violent man. He'd been arrested a handful of times for domestic violence, along with drug possession, just like really not a great guy. Um, but his mo her mother also didn't seem to have a maternal bone in her body either clearly she, no clearly she took drew to parties and clubs like studio 54 when she was just like seven years old like it's so nuts it was like touting your child star like it's like it's like you have a circus act with you do you know what yeah, i mean yeah you're you're that your child or something becomes like an accessory because mm -hmm. you're more your life's more important yeah yeah insane Mm -hmm. And this is where Drew was introduced to alcohol at the very young age of nine years old. She was an alcoholic by 12. Yeah. When she That's was 13. Yeah. She had, she ended up having to go to rehab when she was 13. Her mother had her institutionalized, but oddly enough, according to Drew, this seemed to be a good step in the right direction because the institution actually advised Drew that she should try to get, um, oh, what's it called? A man. She tried to be an emancipated. Yep, mm. from her parents. So this was actually really good for her. She said by the age of 14, she became a legal adult, you know, not having to deal with that anymore. And by 1989, she was speaking out to try to help other young people that were dealing with the same things in the industry. Um, by 16, she was sober and she'd written her first memoir, Little Girl Lost. So, and I mean, Drew, uh, for everything she's been through, she yeah. is she's so well put like together. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What's crazy is after this like fall from grace, the supposed fall from grace, she became Hollywood's like pariah for about three years. So she couldn't get cast in anything. It's crazy. And I know. And it wasn't until this movie called Poison Ivy 
um, that she was cast again, but you guessed that she was like extremely sexualized in that film. So, and she was only 17. So it's wild. Um, I, I don't have a lot on Drew here. Another creator on TikTok will put her handle up. Um, recently did a series on her, like very recently. So I didn't want to like steal any of her thunder concerning Drew or anything like that. And I can't fit everything about Drew Barrymore into this episode. So make sure you check her handle out if you want more information on her. Cause there's just way wow. too much to get into. Um, but there was a lot concerning Drew's childhood and I don't know how she ended up being as normal as she is. Um, and she ended up paying for like her father to his like nursing home, like taking care of her parents. And no. I don't know. I know. <laughs> I know. Like I would not like. I did enough for you as a child. Get out of here. Yep. yep. Um, yeah. So Allison Stoner is a more modern child star who's been speaking mm-hmm. up lately about the industry. I don't know if you recognize her name at all. No. Let me see a pic. I, yeah. I'm a faces person. Yeah, Google her up. You probably do because she was in like movies like Cheaper by the Dozen, Camp Brock, mm-hmm. Sweet Life of Zach and Cody. So pull her up. Yeah. You'll know her. But she's hoping to bring systemic change to the entertainment industry when it comes to child actors. She believes that current the current Hollywood system is designed to keep child stars silent about the abuse that they face. She, like Jeanette, alleges that all of these like industries, they kind of pit the child stars against each other and the child shows against each other and in doing that yeah it also creates a very difficult environment for child stars to feel like they can band together and kind of come forward on things as well so she's hoping by herself speaking out more people will start to speak out and the fact that this is still going on the fact that it was that pervasive back then do you know what i mean and it's still pervasive. i mean look at me too like a lot of stuff was still pervasive in the 80s 90s like mm-hmm. clearly it's still a problem now clearly so allison actually penned an op-ed for people magazine um so she did she said she did this to speak out for children that are still being abused in the industry and it begins by describing an audition that she had to do when she was just six years old where she portrayed a child who had been kidnapped and raped so I want to read a little excerpt from Kids her. can't even watch this content. How are they supposed to be part of this content? I don't know. I, don't I know. mean, I know that some movies do like scenes separate so the kids don't understand what content, like mm-hmm. like kidnapping scene. They don't understand like the content that they're actually in. Mm-hmm. Um, but and they're like, you know, you've heard child child stars say like, oh, I wasn't allowed to watch my own movie until I was yeah. until I grew up, you know, mm-hmm. um, but still that's like that's like so my favorite one of my favorite movies trick-or-treat i remember watching a making of it and they said that the child that played sam like portrayed this like major character in it he didn't know that he was in a horror movie even yeah so like like, trying to keep that like shielded you know idea and like their stunt double did a lot of like the stuff that was more like graphic and stuff like that right but like it's just crazy to think that you're like portraying kidnapping and rape like and then the fact that you're supposed to understand that in any way so um this is an excerpt from her op-ed it says my methodically rehearsed helplessness during the first audition will either be associated with rejection not getting the role or i will be rewarded by booking the gig to clarify i'll be paid to recreate kidnapping and rape repeatedly on set with a crew of more strangers if i'm exceptionally believable i may even get an oscar and the praise of America. Let's contextualize this. Developmentally, my perceptions of basic safety, health, 
relational attachment, and awareness of my environment are highly impressionable. Cognitively, I'm just beginning to comprehend the difference between real and the imaginary, and my nervous system is imprinting patterns that will unconsciously dictate my behavior, personally, socially, and professionally for decades to come. But she's expected to portray things like that. It's wild. Yeah. And in her op-ed, she touches on something that I failed to mention so far, something many of us have forgotten, but something Nickelodeon did not. Child labor laws. Eek. Yeah. Alice, yeah. Allison says, I am 12. I am a machine. I'm currently contractually obligated to complete multiple overlapping projects. I'm president of a corporation with salaried family members and multi-vertical teams. Revenue models for billion-dollar media empires revolve around my peers and my faces, talents, and labor. Adding to this, Zero Productions acknowledge that after the shoot, I will go to another, record an interview during my lunch break, train for multiple hours, skip dinner, and meet for a late-night rehearsal. After all, their responsibility is to deliver a product on time and in budget not to babysit. Meanwhile, agents are encouraging me to look at emancipation so I can work longer hours. This will increase my higher ability. It's just like forcing them deeper, deeper, deeper into the rabbit hole. You wouldn't expect an adult to work like that. You wouldn't expect an adult to work like that. But it's like kids are like this commodity. And Mm -hmm. to have the responsibility of your parents and your family, like the lifestyle. Jeanette like made that clear. Like, you know, she had her salary was now the livelihood of her family. Right. That's wild. That's wild. But I say Nickelodeon hasn't forgotten the child labor laws, not because Allison ever worked for them. She was more of a Disney kid. I don't think she actually ever worked for Nickelodeon, but Mm -hmm. she does make a note to remind in her um, op-ed, the reader that according to the U S department of labor, 17 states still do not have any regulations in place for child entertainment in 2021. Yeah. Yet all 50 have working child actors. Yeah, of course they do. (laughs) Wow. And when when Nickelodeon began filming live action shows, not just their cartoons that they'd been doing and real child stars were involved with their production, they moved their studio here to Orlando, Florida where child labor laws at the time barely existed. Meek, yeah. Isn't that gross? It's because there's a demand for it. That's awful. Mm-hmm. So they get away with it. So Nickelodeon's mark, Nickelodeon actually marketed themselves. I don't know if you remember. I used to be a Nickelodeon kid. So this makes yeah. me like, I, I read the script to my mom and she was so silent as I read it to her. Like normally she'll give a like reaction and everything. She was so quiet. And then at the end she said, I feel like I've been taken advantage of as a parent. Because we all watched them like with our parents. Mm -hmm. That was like bonding time. I remember sitting down to watch like Lizzie McGuire, like be like, you know, and you'd be like, it's on, it's on. Come watch it with me. Yep. Yeah. And she was like, I never would have like supported any of this had I known, you know, any. It's so, so wild. So Nickelodeon's network marketed by kids for kids. I don't know if you remember that. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. By kids for kids. Um, so Jeanette's accusations against Dan, they're wild in her memoir, but they're not as many as I thought they would be, to be honest with mm-hmm. you. I thought she could go on and I thought she would list more, especially since she was so candid about the sexual assault by her mom, like the sexual, well, years of sexual assault by her mom. Right. I figured like, okay, there's got to be more on Dan in this. And there wasn't. 
And I don't know if it's because he never did any of this that we're about to talk about because there's a lot of rumors surrounding Dan Schneider or if there's like the threat of legal action. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. They're like, cut it so you don't get sued. Yeah. Yeah. Totally possible either way. Yes. So some of the rumors concerning and circling around Dan Schneider is he has a foot fetish. Um, have you, you, yeah, you don't know any of this. This is so crazy. So I don't even know if you remember, but the Nickelodeon thing used to have like a foot. Yeah, as foot the, stamping you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I feel I like that. this is because of Dan, because like a lot of his shows featured children and their feet. It's like the weirdest thing. Oh, um, that's so creepy. If that's true, that's so, so creepy. We'll dive into that in a second. So there was no. also, so it went from like the normal amount of rumors to, Rumors that he'd impregnated Amanda Bynes of the Amanda show and forced her to have an abortion. I got deep on the Reddit threads of this. Of course, this is just like Reddit threads, people piecing things together. Um, but I don't know if you remember when Amanda was doing all these tweets like a few years ago and, and yeah. things were kind of off the rails, it seemed. And she had that conservatorship, which a lot of people are trying to free Amanda now and like all of that. Right. right? It's like the same Britney Spears thing. Um, Amanda had tweeted her father had sexually assaulted her and, and kind of went off about that. And a lot of people were like, that's just simply not true. One of these Reddit posters, and this is, of course, just rumors, but he said, like, Amanda constantly said that Dan was a father figure to her. Could it possibly have been him? Like, that was, like, more what they're kind of talking about. And supposedly an attorney for Amanda had said that she couldn't have children, so a lot of people do believe that this this was like a botched abortion, things like that. So that's like a huge rumor. There's mm -hmm. another rumor that claims that Jamie Lynn Spears, Britney Spears' sister, her baby wasn't, in fact, her boyfriend's, but it was Dan Schneider's because he'd produced Zoe 101. She'd also been on all that at the yeah. time. Things like that. So these seem crazy. There's also reports of camps where child actors would go in order to catch producers' attention. This would be like acting boot camps and everything like yeah. that. But reportedly, and according to some anonymous recordings, again, this is all like blind items, like things that you can't really back up. But reportedly, um, there was a pool and a hot tub area. And if children were in them, they had more of a chance to get cast. And there were rumors at the time of Hillary Duff and Megan Fox attending these camps. Guess who's a big fan of both of those girls? Sister <laughs> Megan Fox. But Megan Fox, so I can sell, tell you, um, this is not exactly just a blind item. Years ago, Megan Fox had appeared on an interview um, for the Red Band trailer with Diablo Cody, her old director for um, Jennifer's Body, a few things like mm -hmm. that. Um, they talked about this. They talked about them hanging out in pools. And Megan Fox had even um, joked with Diablo about how Hillary Duff was like always in these pools trying to get cast and like all of this. And they joked about, they called her Hot Tub Duff. Like this was like the, the huh. joke. Hot Tub Duff yeah. in the pool. Yeah. yeah. So... I don't think this is necessarily out of left field, these camps. Now, concerning Amanda Bynes, there's also rumors that just like Judy Garland, Amanda was hopped up on drugs. So I wanted to send you a clip. If an adult were acting this erratic, we'd be like, they're on drugs. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So a lot of people believe she was like hopped up on Adderall at the time. And a lot of people believe that Dan Schneider kept her heavily medicated to have her. Perform. I didn't even watch all of it, but yeah, I'm like, uh, someone like give this girl a nap, like give her a, like she needs to settle down. She's like, she's on. And I remember thinking she was like bananas, like as a kid being like, well, that that's like what happens when you drink three Mountain Dews. Like you just mm -hmm. bounce off the walls. But well, it's as so an funny. adult, I'm like. 
that's that kid is on something. Yeah. It's so funny. You say that too, because like, um, I literally watched that interview and I was like, looking back, I used to be a huge, I think we all watched the Amanda yeah. show. And I was yeah. like, wow. Like as an adult, I'm like, that kid was on something. Cause you, like, think, you used to think she was like funny and like silly and just like, you know, playing it up or something mm -hmm. like, but no, she like, can't slow herself down. Yeah. She's yeah. Like not in control. Yeah. Yeah. And she, I mean, she really like, when you look at, there was something Allison talked about in her, um, op-ed where she said, um, toddlers that go, um, that are a train wreck, like it goes from toddler to train wreck, you know, and it's like this yeah. phenomenon. Right. And, and this is someone that went, I think probably the worst in the worst situation from toddler to train wreck. Right. And, um, I, there had to have been, especially looking at Nickelodeon's abuse, which we're about to get into, there had to have been some form of, of abuse there that, that led to the downfall. And I know a lot of people might be listening right now and being like, okay, this all sounds like super far-fetched. Like there's camps, you know, he's a foot fetish. Like what, um, the other, oh, he got them there's pregnant. Absolutely like, that not camps. That's, that's oh. not a stretch at all. There's yeah. all kinds of things like that in the industry. Like, um, uh, I, I don't like want to call them conferences. They're just like gatherings, like mm -hmm. casting gatherings. Yeah. But like, I feel like you can say with confidence and I'm going to give you some examples as to how Dan Schneider, whether he was abusive or not, like say he wasn't abusive to his cast members at all, not even verbally, anything like that. He failed his responsibility as an adult to protect the child stars that were in his command. He failed. There was an a website that was created. It was supposed to imitate a social media website um, called The Slap. This was a website where viewers could go for additional clips of their favorite stars from the hit show Victorious. Um, don't, that was after my time. My brother watched that as well. Um, but I'll show you a couple of these clips. These clips are super disturbing. They feature an underage Ariana Grande portraying her character of Cat from Victorious. Um, these clips from cats and i haven't even looked at the others that were featured on the slap but from cat they were filmed in what was supposed to be her bedroom Ugh. and can i just say i don't know if you've ever gotten this but i have always felt like hollywood has infantilized and sexualized ariana grande even into her adult years like this pigtail the way she was dressed everything was very provocative and childish it's weird but let me send you this clip right here um it's not long and let me see what you think about it oh my lord no no okay we went from weird to weirder to it's too much to no oh, oh i'm no all the no's. Oh my gosh. Like if you just listen to that sound clip without seeing what she was actually doing. Yeah. You would be like, this came from a porn. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. It's so the, come on, give up the juice, um, for the potato. She's like, Oh my God. She's like groaning get... and grunting and drenching mm -hmm. herself. And, and not just... to mention like her, like mannerisms and talking like are if you also if this were an adult you'd be like they're on drugs like why are they so like 
they're like the pattern of speech is strange. They're just like, they're not making sense. Like it's just bizarre. Yeah. I get like on Nickelodeon and Disney and stuff, even they were like, oh, it's funny to do like funny stunts. Like, oh, see if you could get juice from a potato. Like, ha, oh, that sounds funny. They like this clip obviously made it like a very sexual thing. So yeah holding the potato like so and like yeah and then yeah. flipping her yeah. upside down on a bed and having her uh -huh. drink water drench her like self and yeah. water like it was i'm thirsty like it's so disturbing and looking back on it i asked my mom about it i was like do you remember this stuff because i don't know how back then we let it slide do you know what i mean and mom was like honestly i didn't really pay that much attention to like those kind of shows because they were so so it just but then here's the thing too i watched someone recently on tiktok um talk about how the shows like toddlers and tiaras and everything they're not watched by a demographic that should be watching them a lot of child predators she said she worked in a prison and that was like their big thing was to tune into toddlers and tiaras Ugh. i mean so, i watch toddlers and tiaras but um but like there's yeah a, no there's a side yeah there's a downside to putting that content out there because it's going to be consumed by predators. Yeah. And that's where I feel like, okay, say devil's advocates, Dan, Dan Schneider had nothing to do with abusing these young people. Just say, then where was his responsibility to protect them and not put content out there like this? That is obviously to me, looking back at this as an adult, this is sexual. This can be extremely perceived as like sexual content. Like, I don't know. Like, it seems so wrong. And I wanted to share, there's another clip of cat. I mean, I'm sure there's tons of clips of cat. This one's a little bit longer. You don't have to watch it all, but near the end, she tries to put her foot in her mouth. And I don't understand what the thought process was for making any of these, especially she's based in her bedroom She's there's another one where she talks about having cute boys in her house and she's very infantilized in this. Like, I don't know if yeah. you even noticed at the beginning of this, she's hi, my name's Kat. My full name's Katarina. Like it's very, um, mm, well, she's supposed um, to be a juvenile. Yeah. Like she was supposed yeah. to be like a young kid. Um, the only thing I can think of, like it, it, it got past all of our radars at the time was like these clips or these, um, stupid stunts and things were like mixed in with mm -hmm. not not ariana but um do you remember like keenan and kel and they're like ho, like doing dumb stuff and like i guess so as a kid i'm like oh that's funny she's like and i didn't see this clip when i was a kid it's obviously much more recent but you're mm -hmm. seeing stupid things like oh let's get juice from a potato so if it was like keenan or kel you'd be like ha, that's funny but like they make it sexual because it's her and mm -hmm. in her bedroom and, bed like, and yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah uh 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 not a, there's so much that's not okay in there <laughs> there is so let me just lay upside down and then she's like the part about her hair dryer where she's like mm -hmm. i just call my hair dryer baby sometimes what's up baby or whatever she said it's like no this is yeah. this is not this was produced for adults yeah i 100% believe these extra clips and i i i haven't watched iCarly in years as i said i was out of the age group the only time i watched the show or the only time i watched victoria's it was when my little brother was like present and he was watching it so i don't 
know the full extent of it. I remember my Nickelodeon years, Ren and Stimpy, also wildly inappropriate. Not okay. Yeah. Cowan. And we're going to get into one of- Remember Rocco's Modern Life? Rocco's Modern Life. You know, one of the animators from Ren and Stimpy has been um, accused as of 2018. I didn't fully dive into this because I just had too much content on it. That's what's disgusting. There's so many. Yeah. There's Bad players too here. much content. Um, but the um, one of the animators from Ren and Stimpy, a fan had written into him and he was like, okay, so they met up and soon she'd moved into his house. She's underage. He's rubbing her while she's wearing pajamas. He'd sexually assaulted her. Like, so two girls came out. He's apologized and since left animation. But why is it with guys in the entertainment industry? And I hate to say it, but also people like in the police force, you just get filed, fired from your job and then you kind of go, go about your you life. You just disappear. And yeah. And then to go and reoffend and reoffend and reoffend. This is, yeah, it. it's not stopped. No. And it's then Ariana trying to, in those clips, just to go back to that, her trying to put the foot in her mouth and everything. So there's- that is like um something that could appear. Sorry guys, but like it could appear on OnlyFans. Honestly, if you would have just 100%. shown me a clip, I'd be like, oh, that's from OnlyFans. Because you're like, that's like se- totally sexual. It's 100 percent sexual. Okay. And she's like, yeah, just putting her foot in her mouth and like sucking on her toe and like yeah, yeah. there's no way that that's not <laughs> like there's and I no don't- way to look at that another angle at another angle. And I don't know as a parent how you can sit back and like let your kids be involved in something like that. There was another, and I didn't dive into this. I mean, we could literally, if y'all are interested, there is so, unfortunately, so much about this industry, especially when it comes to Nickelodeon. But there was another mother who was talking about her daughter and how she'd been on all that. And Dan had, or one of the the creators had approached her about there's these camps and like whatever else. And, and she said, okay, but my daughter would go without me. And he's like, well, yeah. And she was like, no, my kid's not going anywhere like without me. And then their child got fired. So mm-hmm. like there's oh, yeah. so much that you could go off of with this. But concerning the foot fetish rumors, because we've got to like, we're, we've been talking too long. I'm going to wrap it up here. But concerning the foot fetish rumors. So Dan Schneider has actually, he had tweeted a lot at the time. Um, concerning feet so he tweet things like toes similar to fingers but not nearly as good who agrees then we've got another i literally have the goose have goosebumps because it's that creepy it's just so creepy like it's it's it'd be creepy for grown adults like but that's creepy that it's also like he's pedophile if he's like fetishizing children's feet children's feet yeah um dan schneider at hungry girl do you want to go for a drive do you know to go into our room and watch too cute? We have it on our DR. We have four on our DVR. I'll rub your feet. I'm not dogging if you have a foot fetish, by the way. Just throwing this out. No, there. no, no, you no, no. You do yeah. you. Yeah, you do Just you. Not, not children's feet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just no. To clarify. Um, all you have to do literally is type in Dan Schneider feet and like all of this comes up on Twitter. It's absolutely wild. No, I think my work wild. computer would just like explode. Like it's had enough like not safe for um, content today. <laughs> video. Would you like to see at Victoria Justice pour ketchup all over her feet? Well, here you go. Pick whose toe does this belong to? One of the stars of my shows. Whose toe is this? Oh, this man loves feet. It's just a um, problem that he likes kids' feet. Yeah. Um, and then he tweeted out on the Sam and Cat Twitter. So not his Twitter, but on Sam and Cat, which was a spinoff show with Jeanette and with Ariana. 
salmon cat tomorrow exclamation point right on the bottom of your foot and take a pic use hashtag sam and cat saturday we'll retweet and follow until our fingers get sore that's a lot about feet it's an awful lot about feet that's too much about underage feet anyways lots so, of underage feet but here's the thing dan doesn't want you to worry about his foot fetish in his 2021 um interview that we were talking about earlier um, he said it was sad that social media companies can freely push forward any lie, quote unquote. Kids find feet goofy and funny. And there was no effort to sexualize any of his young stars. After watching the clips that you have just watched. No, that was highly sexual. Like I already said before reading that, that was 100 um, percent mm-hmm. sexualized. Yeah. Yeah. So. Brian Peck also worked closely with Dan. Uh, we were talking about earlier, you know, all of these sexual predators that knowingly worked. Anyways, so um, he was a dialogue coach. Um, Brian was also convicted in 2004 for a lewd act against a child and or- oral copulation of a person, person, I cannot talk today, sorry, under 16. The child was 15 years old that he assaulted. Their mm-hmm. identity has remained anonymous, but they did work on a Nickelodeon show. The documents show Peck was originally charged with 11 counts, including lewd act upon a child, sodomy of a person under 16, attempted sodomy of a person under 16, sexual penetration by a foreign object, four counts of oral copulation of a person under 16, oral copulation by anesthesia or a controlled substance, sending harmful matter and using a minor for sexual acts. He pled no contest to two of these counts. The other nine were dismissed. After serving only 16 months in prison, why do sex offenders get so little time? I will never understand. Um, For his actions, he was banned from only direct contract with children. You know what this means? This is fucking wild. It means he could leave prison and he could go exactly right back into his field working on sets with underage actors because in California by law, these underage actors are supposed to be supervised always by a parental figure. So he's not violating anything by being on these sets. Cause supposedly their parents watching out for them. Yeah. And this and is what was happening. Said, before. Parents are like pushing their kids to do things that. Yeah. Yeah. Are, yeah. This so, didn't so protect failed them system. A hundred percent of failed. So technically it means they're being supervised. And what's interesting is one of the shows he went back to work on in between 2006 and 07 was the sweet life of Zach and Cody Disney channel. Mm -hmm. (sighs) Martin Weiss was another one of Dan's associates. He was a talent manager, primarily working with child actors, landing them roles in such shows as iCarly in 2012. He also pleaded no contest to two charges of oral copulation for a child under the age of 14. Mm. He was sentenced to one year and five years probation, but this was all suspended for time served. Not allowed to be in the presence of anyone under 18 without an adult present. So I'm assuming this means the exact same thing that Peck had. Where yeah, he could be around kids with an adult as their parents or an adult's there. And also, if, even if they were in violation, don't tell me that they're, that that, child actor is going to have anyone that they felt feel like if they have a parent that's a stage mom and mm-hmm. there's predators around like they're who are they supposed to go to they know they're going to lose their job they know they're going to lose their opportunity like it's a failed system like they're gonna just be abused yeah they're a target and, 
Yeah, hundred percent. And this is not the only um, victim supposedly by Weiss police believe he has many more victims. Um, this former child star that came forward, this client, um, said that they were sexually assaulted by Weiss between 30 to 40 times over a three year period by the time. And they were between 11 to 12 years old in this time period. Yeah. Yeah. Jason, it's so horrifying. So Jason M. Handy is a production assistant in all that and the Amanda show. So also working with Dan Schneider, um, he pleaded no contest in 2004 to two felony counts one of lewd acts on a child and one of distributing sexual explicit material by email and to a misdemeanor charge relating to child sexual exploitation. He was sentenced to six years and was released in 2009. But according to the LA Times, Nickelodeon toughened up their background checks on their employees after this incident. I don't know why this was any different from like whatever. Um, but you'll be surprised because obviously sex offenders, they always get the help that they need and they never reoffend. But in like, <laughs> that's why I don't understand why these sentences are so short, especially when it comes to child sex offenders. Cause this is not something that gets better, but anyways. no, we've already, we've already touched on this before, but it's like one of the least likely to be rehabilitated Re rehabilitate. I can't talk now. I know. I can't. Yeah, they're like the least likely to be rehabilitated Mm -hmm. and they have the least amount of support and guidance and um I don't know, like follow up. Like they have the they have light sentences and they have free reign once they're done, basically. Sure, they're supposed to register their address. Whoop de do. And then when they don't, nothing happens. Like Yeah. So um, he reoffended again in 2014 for indecent liberties with a child and two counts of um, violations for the sex offender registry. So whoop do you, I couldn't find anything that's happened to him after this. I know California because of polyclos after people have so many sex offenses, they end up spending more and more time in prison. So hopefully that's what happened to him. But if anyone knows in the comments, drop it down below because I'd love to know where this creep is now. Um, like, I know this isn't Dan, but this is a lot of people around him that have done things like this. It's just, it's wild to me. We've got Ren and Stimpy, um, creator John K. I can't pronounce his last name, but we can put it up on the screen. What we talked about earlier was accused in March 2018 of assaulting two underage girls um, when during his time with the studio. And he apologizes for his bad behavior and all of that. Um, but all of these people, like, it's just wild that they can go ex- right back into the field that they were in before. I like imagine, for instance, it's a school and a teacher has been accused of these things. Like, would you send your kid into that class? You know what I mean? Like, it's unacceptable. So, it's the lure of fame and money and opportunity um, that allows I feel like some of these stage parents to continue to push their kids even when they know there's predators and it's kind of a ticking time bomb and it's yeah like it's a really messed up system and situation yeah. yeah so now we have something that may be even more abusive than the Hollywood system we have the child influencer so mm. And it's bad. Like there has been on my TikTok lately, there's been so much talk about Ren, who is um, a child influencer. I can't remember how many millions of followers she has, but her parents post about her. She's just a toddler. They post about her constantly. And it seems like a lot of her followers are child predators. And like her parents are just ignoring this because they are reaping the benefits 
off of this. Yeah, people are starting to call it out. Ren Eleanor, um, 17 million, more than 17 million followers. Um, and yeah, it seems like, like so many people are calling it out. It seems like it's like a stage mom incident. Now, mind you, this is just allegations, but you know that it's mostly men making these creepy comments about your daughter and you're still posting things like giving them more content and more and more and more. Yeah. And I feel like, so there's absolutely no child labor's laws when it comes to this. There's not going to be because it's within your own family home. Comfortably, these parents can make their children famous from their friggin' living room. So there's no, there's no repercussions for any of these actions. Really. There's no, nothing monitoring who this content goes out to really nothing monitoring really what this content could be. Like, as we saw, like, with Ariana Grande, unfortunately, porn is not necessarily just straight up porn. Like it's right. It's sexualized content. Yeah. So, and I'm not saying that about Ren. I'm just talking about the child influencer as a whole. There's like, there's just way too much leeway with this. And I'm not sure what is going to happen or what we can do as the public concerning this open secret in Hollywood and concerning the child influencer. I think I was trying to look at, look it up because I always like, you know, to have like a call to action, something at the end that like is central to what we've been talking about. And I did find this article that talked about what we, the normal people can do because Hollywood seems like this close society. We can't get into it. We can't touch on it, but we can monitor what we view. We can control where money goes. So not watching things that include people like Kevin Spacey, who has so many allegations against him. It's wild not buying into like, I don't know, keeping yourself calm, cool, and collected when you see a child star out on the streets. There were so many reports when Stranger Things initially came out and all of these kids were underage of people just acting ridiculous and getting into these children's personal spaces without remembering the fact that they are underage children. Yeah. I think that's so important to remember. I personally have felt uncomfortable. I love to go to horror conventions, which by the way, I'm pretty sure Brian Peck, that friggin' creep, um, goes to these horror conventions. And I swear to God, if I ever see him at one of these conventions, I'm going to give him an earful, just an earful. That's all. Let him know my thoughts on his behavior with Nickelodeon. But anyways, um, <laughs> but like these horror conventions, I do always find it weird when there's a child star there. Like, it's awkward. I don't know why people want to meet them. I can understand your child wanting to meet them. Like I wanted to meet Hillary Duff. I did meet Hillary Duff when I was 14. Like it was like a ride or die thing. I get that. But like <laughs> adults, you know, I, I don't know. It's just um, trying to give them their space and then um, to call it out. We now are very lucky because I was looking at things like, why was this allowed in the early 2000s? Why was you know, these stars with these ever thinning waistlines, you know, you got the Nicole Richie, Hillary Duff, um, who was another one, Jessica Simpson was called fat. She wasn't, she was never fat. Like, you know, all of these people that were so victimized by the media at the time, I was like, why was this ever okay? Or even the underage stars, like Hillary Duff was dating Joel Madden when she was underage. Miley Cyrus was dating Justin Gaston when she was underage. Like, why was this all so acceptable at the time? I feel like it's because we didn't have the technology we now have at the touch of our fingertips. Calling it out, I think, is like the most important thing that we as a public can do. Calling out and not putting our money into things that we know child predators are associated with. 
I think that's well, like the not to mention, I'm just going to say this, like, cause in case, I mean, you're watching this, so, you know, or listening to this, you already know how this works, but like your like is a vote. So if you're following mm -hmm. these accounts, if you're liking the content, you're going to see more of it. They're going to produce more of it. They have advertisers and sponsors and that's what like fuels it. So if you're following those accounts or engaging with it, then it's, it is like cumulatively adding up. So, um, like I would say to just piggyback off what you, off of what you just said, like like for Ren and this, like, don't follow that. If that's something that you feel is like predatory mm -hmm. as you, I, I mean, and maybe, maybe you were following it and you didn't see it that way. And this helps you like give, gives you another perspective, but I'm not saying like go and like delete your profiles or something. I'm just saying like your vote is when you're engaging and when you're following an account. So yeah, choose wisely. Yeah, definitely. So that's not all I have. Like, you know, I always end up like, oh, that's all I have on this. And like, this is not all I have on this. So if you want to know more about this horrific stuff, like let us know and um, I'll work on more for this or I'll dive deeper into what we talked about today. Um, because honestly, the Nickelodeon, I called it in my notes. I said the, the pedo ring of Nickelodeon because why were there so many pedophiles in Nickelodeon at the time? Either it was a community where they could all get together or it's just the fact that they're creating child's content that makes it so accessible to them. Like it's one or the other. Like I don't, I, I have never heard about so many, like, I don't know. It was wild to me. And the fact that you can just go back right back into that industry, like it hasn't shut you out at all. You're good to go. I think that guy that was in Ferris Bueller even, wasn't he the principal? Wasn't he accused of like rape or something? And nope. he's now back into acting. Hold on. I'll pull him up. Ferris Bueller. <laughs> it's so messed up. Um, Jeffrey Jones. He was also in Beetlejuice. Um, I, like he just got back into acting, um, after let's see what he did. Something horrific. Um, yeah. So in 2003, Jones pleaded no contest to a charge of soliciting a minor to pose for nude photographs. And he had subsequent, subsequent arrests for failing to update, excuse me, his sexual offender registry. So yeah, it just seems I like I don't know what can be done to stop it, but yeah. It's just like it's it's um pervasive, it's prevalent in this industry. There's like and it hasn't stopped. I I don't think it's slowed down. In fact, I think it's gotten worse since like the years of Judy Garland and everything. So, and it sucks because I feel like in North America, the entertainment industry, we are in such a it has us by such a chokehold. We're never going to get away from it but what can we do to try to make it better you know for these young actors so yeah this podcast is sponsored by better help i know for myself since transitioning to a working from home environment the importance of taking care of your own mental health BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist you'll be matched with a therapist in under 48 hours now, it's not a crisis line, and it's not self-help. It is professional therapy done securely online. The service is available for clients worldwide, and you can log into your account anytime, day or night, to message your therapist. It's more affordable than traditional in-person therapy, and financial aid is available. You can visit their website and read other clients' testimonials that are posted daily. Visit betterhelp.com ITT, that's better, H-E-L-P, 
and join the over 2 million people who have taken charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. And for listeners of Innocent Till Tipsy, you can go to their website and get an additional 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash ITT. That's betterhelp.com slash ITT. How was your wine? Oh, my wine was pretty good. Um, it was actually really good. I'd totally drink the rest of this, so I'm going to be taking Same. this home tonight. Every All of the naked wines, like, hitting it out of the ballpark. Yeah. Like, they just so know good. you without having to know you, so. Seriously. Yeah. But, yeah. How was yours? Well, until next time. Until next time. Cheers. Cheers. A Huda Media Production.